Let me bring into the conversation very quickly Ofenze Mugwena, he's a transport economist. Ofenze, you were listening to that briefing by the minister and the new uh, owners, or at least majority share owners of uh, SAA. What's your take? Well, I'd say that um, this is uh, something that we've um, been anticipating um, perhaps since uh, 2019. So it, it doesn't come as a surprise. When you say it's something we've been anticipating, is it the equity partners that you've been anticipating? Is it the specific in, uh, in, uh, companies that have been chosen for the decision? Or just the fact that government has now decided um, to, to hand over part of its stake or to sell part of its stake to a private entity? Well, what we've been anticipating is that the the private sector will start participating in the aviation space specifically in Southern Africa, um, more specifically within state-owned airlines. And the reason is because this is part of the the global conversation around where state-owned airlines um, need to go in order for them to retain the efficiency on one hand, so balancing that with their traditional development Mm. needs that the state would obviously have as well. What do we know about these equity partners? Well, what we know for now is that um, the the one side of the coin involves a well 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 established um, infrastructure platform, and the other one is um, really a a team of individuals who've been behind some of the new airlines that have been coming up um, in South Africa, so Kulula and uh, Lyft as well, and also. Um, some assets in the tourism space as well. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this is going to be a, a good move for SAA? Well, what we have to do um, when we're having this conversation is we have to, you know, pay attention to the fact that there are two things that are happening at the same time. You've got an airline that has just that has just been rescued that needs to survive, and on the other hand, you've got an airline that is entering into a new type of um, business model, a new structure. So when it comes to private pu- public-private partnerships, mm. this is a very, very intricate um, and very sensitive um, stage where we basically have to anticipate a different type of conversation um, and have both of them at the same time, which is a bit difficult for everyone. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And, 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 and and those different conversations that uh, that are going to have to happen here, um, are they difficult because of the impact on workers? Why do you say that uh, they're difficult conversations to have? Okay, so the first reason why they're difficult is because the South African Airways financial performance, um, at least in the business rescue reports, shows us that they just based on the way the business was structured, um, it shows us that they, they were only anticipating to make, um, well, to have positive cash flow in, in 2025, 2024. And that is assuming that they would be able to capture, you know, looking at something along the lines of 1.4 to over 2 million passengers per year. Um, and and this is premised on the first year looking um, looking like they, they at least have um, 270,000 passengers. And that's this year, 2021. And it doesn't really look like that's going to happen. Um, so that's the one side. And mm. by the way, that's with the 1,200 um, um, employees. So in in three years, they were looking at 
upping their employee count, almost doubling it, actually, and also doubling their fleet um, as well. So that's the one side. The other side is we don't really know what the impact of having the private sector um, participating in this type of framework is going to do to the prospects of um, achieving this type of um, the, the idea behind the business rescue plan and and whether something else is going to start emerging, new business models, new service offerings, um, and in fact, a, a totally different type of ball game. All right. Okay. Ofense, let's leave it there for this morning. Ofense Mokwena, transport economist, weighing in on this morning's announcement about a new equity partner for SAA. We're going to be t- changing the conversation in a moment. I see you've sent in some WhatsApp voice notes. In fact, let me try and play a couple. Can't believe it. Ten o'clock. We haven't have had one voice note on air yet. I'm, vi- I'm missing uh, the sound of your voices. So l- let's get a couple of them on. I think my only question is, I heard that they are pumping in $3 billion. Haven't the government been wasting more than $3 billion in bailouts? So is the problem the money or they've been badly managing SAA? So now they are admitting that, okay, we cannot run SAA, let's get a private company to run it for us. Good morning, thank you, Cathy. But uh, there will always be conspiracy theorists about the government's intention with SAA. But as a taxpayer in this country, I'm so happy that billions of our rents don't go every year down a bottomless pit, which is SAA. Maybe with this new consortium, we, got, we are going to get results now. Maybe that SAA is going to turn around. And I think it's a brilliant idea by the president and Praveen Gordon. Thanks you so much to them. And thank you. Kathy, goodbye. Dan from them. Uh, good morning, good morning, SAFM listeners. Uh, I don't know, uh, uh, I didn't hear who's running the show now currently. Uh, but uh, my question is, uh, is Pravin is Godan selling SAA to the guy that donated the 3 billion rands already, but not coming clean with the people of South Africa? Because that guy donated the 3 billion rands. And now suddenly, SAFM is on. I mean, uh, SAA is on, is on, is on big talks. I really, I really don't believe this guy. Uh, good morning, Casey. Tato from Bloemfontein. Well, I'm listening to the smooth talking Praveen there, <laughs> to uh, giving us plans on how um, the SAA will be uh, structured. Personally, I'm a big fan of state ownership. Uh, I just felt they could have established a new uh, airline that is the, that is 100% state-owned uh, with a new structure, you know. Uh, but hey, it is what it is. Let's see uh, what will happen. Thank you. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. Well, yesterday, the Durban CBD being brought to a standstill, at least part of it, as police dealt with a hostage drama there for two hours. It took place on the pension office on the 13th floor of a building. The suspect is said to have been 
armed with a firearm and an explosive device that had been strapped to his body. Now, some of the bystanders uh, told officials that the man was angry when he entered the building and said he was going to demand his pension. Uh, let's speak now to the PSA's Ruben Maleka. Uh, Ruben, good morning to you and thank you for your time today. Now, this issue of unpaid pension f- uh, benefits of, of former government workers is, is a big issue. And you've actually helped some of our listeners in following up on what the problem is. Uh, firstly, what has been your experience uh, when dealing with these matters from those that have been approaching you? Uh, good morning, Katie, and good morning to the listeners of SAFM. Uh, first of all, let me deal with the part that you have actually introduced of a hostage drama in Durban. Mm. Um, I think it's one of those frustrations, and unfortunately, ultimately, it's our members who are actually sitting in these offices of GPA and GPF that has to process this kind of uh, you know, outstanding benefits. And it's painful uh, for most of the you know, people that have been waiting for pensions for quite some time. Some are even you know, coming to us to say that it's been more than a year uh, that uh, they've been waiting for uh, GPA or GPF to pay out their pension. Um, and it's frustration. And since that particular day when I, I gave contact of the PSA for to assist the you know, former members and any other employees that have been in the public service. We have been getting a lot and lots of complaints mm. and some went to an extent that that is more than a year. So it's a huge frustration and um, you know, I must say that I, I'm happy from the PSA that because we're having um, you know, the chairperson of our branch in Jipa uh, who is willing to assist from time to time when I have contact with him is, tra- is taking all those cases and making sure that he pursued them within, you know, the organization, and so that ultimately those frustrated uh, spouses, you know, beneficiaries can actually be, uh, you know, paid out. And I must o- conclude by saying, you know, other thing that made us to follow up on this matter is, is because from the PSCBC we have been discussing, and I think it's more than more than five years that we had this discussion. And if I'm not mistaken, a resolution that um, you know there must be a penalty if the government takes more than three months without paying mm. the pension payout. But it looks like that penalty of interest and other things is not deterring JIPA from making payments on time. And remember, whether it's going to come with interest or not, the period that the spouses, the beneficiaries are waiting, is really putting, uh, you know, families in disarray, some not even means to make, uh, you know, living. Mm. So it's a huge frustration. And from our side as a PSA, you know, with our social responsibility that you have taken up, we're not going to, you know, whether you have been a member or not a member, we try by all means to assist every person that comes to us and say that this is my frustration and I need your intervention. What have you found to be the problem, Ruben? Is it because, you know, workers at the various pension funds are simply not doing their jobs? Or is there a bigger administrative hurdle? That, that's the point that we want to raise with the CEO of JIPA to find out what, what is the hiccup? What, why is this now? And suddenly, because we have not had this much of huge uh, backlog and delays, and obviously we can't rule out the issue of COVID, but the fact is that at the end of the day, we need the, uh, uh, this pension payout to be made on time because, you know, it's the living of other peoples and mm. the families. Mm. And mm. that's why 
from our side, and uh, that's why I appreciated the, the the intervention of our branch, of our PSA branch within JIPA, led by Solomon Mokwani, who always wants to, you know, take up these matters and make sure that uh, we make follow-ups. And weekly gives me feedback of saying how far are they and what is the hiccup. If there's any outstanding documents, he goes and make, make follow-up to say, but there's an outstanding document needs to be submitted. Because most of the people that calls and come to PSA say that even the call center that they try to call, sometimes they hold for hours and there's no response and it delays. And some of mm-hmm. them don't even have money and means to make those calls. You can imagine the frustration that people go through to try and find out when is JIPA going to make out the payment. And we are here, and definitely as PSA, we are not going to uh, look for whether you have been a member or not. We'll try by all means to assist anybody. And um, like I've said, that we are thankful to our branch that is also willing to assist. Ruben, you know, on one hand, you're having to intervene on, on this issue of the late payment of pension funds. On the other if some of your members who are in these offices were doing their jobs, you wouldn't have these problems to, to begin with. How are you managing that as, as a union? Yeah, that is one area that we want to establish of what is the hiccup? Why is this now causing a delay? Is it the, the employees themselves who are actually not doing what they're supposed to do on a daily basis? Or is it the capacity of JIPA, because one of the frustrations that we had with JIPA some time ago that we even went to arbitration with is to have contract employees for a longer period and from time to time they take time to even renew their contract and you know you can imagine when about 200 employees would be uh, you know released to say that no we are not extending your contract and after a month when we fought with them they contract them back then they find the backlog again mm-hmm. i think jipa must take responsibility of making sure that they've got capacity and they've got available employees who can do the work and be able to process these kind of things because really uh, you know pension payout is more like you can imagine when a person goes to a social grant and wants money and they find that no nobody can help them. It's mm-hmm. a huge frustration. Mm-hmm. So we are going to actually have to call a meeting with the CEO to establish why uh, you know the establishment of JIPA is not being finalized and having you know enough capacity because the problem that we have realized is that they don't have capacity to handle all the cases that are, are flowing into into JIPA. Mm. I'm, I'm getting this message here from Luandle Apa Ekok Start in KZN um, who says uh, that the GEPF is the worst thief ever. Uh, that department it's greedy officials do not want to give away money uh, that's due to the former government employees my dearest beloved mother passed away last year with a broken heart and soul for not getting her compensation monies which was given to her colleagues as compensation for those fellow government employees who were affected by discriminatory apartheid uh, laws so that's just one listener who is expressing her frustration there. VJ in Port Shepston. Good morning to you, VJ. Hi, VJ. Hi there. Hi, Kathy. Hi. Great to hear from you again. Go for it. Kathy, yeah. I just I just wanted to uh, direct a simple question to uh, to Ruben there. You know, I've been listening, following this uh, this whole saga about the public servants and the, the wage freeze. Mm. And I, you know, at the same time, we've been hearing 
in the SABC saga, for example, how how much their benefits were sweetened. I mean, we heard stories about their leave entitlements that were way over the basic conditions. Medical uh, um, uh, sickness benefits were way over the minimum. And my question to Ruben is, when these uh, uh, when their services, the benefits were were sweetened so dramatically, in all, particularly in these in the SOEs. Um, you know, and now the time has come for them to to really sacrifice a little bit and give back uh, to the economy. When they, when their benefits were being sweetened so dramatically over the years, there was no complaints from them at all. Mm. But now, when the country is calling on them to make a sacrifice with everybody else to get the country onto a road of of, of uh, a road economically where we can we can really start to get into another path. Uh, it now becomes, you know, they dig in their heels. So in a way, is this real um, uh, uh, care for the country as a country and a community and Ubuntu that they cannot actually sacrifice uh, a bit of things, a bit of pain for a short while while everybody else comes together. And the second argument I would make is, you know, the, the one argument that's thrown back all the time with us when it comes to public services is that during the COVID now, the last 12, 15 months, They've been at the front line of COVID. It's, it's, the thing we are missing is it's the nurses and the teachers and the policemen are a fairly small contingent. It's not a majority mm. of the public service. Mm. And, but, but, it, but the whole public service was paid in full during COVID. Not a single public servant was not paid in that period. So I think really think that the, the public servants really need to take a bit of pain for the good of the country and, uh, and, 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 and and really uh, come to the party in terms of that, Kathy. Thank All right. you so much. All right. Okay, Vijay. Vijay there, raising something different. Ruben, do you want to respond to it? Look, uh, I think Vijay uh, needs to understand the frustration and also the well-being of the public servants. It's not like public servants are greedy, are not willing to give away. And I'm not sure what benefit is talking about and leave days that are excessive in the public service or SOEs. What we know is that uh, we as public servants, even look, if you look at our demands, we have made demands that are not are showing that we are willing to cooperate, we are willing to uh, you know, get something that government can get going. We know where we come from, and it is our wish that the government can work, the government can be able to recover from all the sufferings that had. And it's not the sufferings caused by COVID. Remember the sufferings of government where we are today. It's looting, corruption, maladministration. And we see where the president is going. We understand what he wants in terms of this country. And we've got the support as labor. But it cannot just simply be that workers must sacrifice and, and not know and understanding that the workers themselves also need to be able to afford and be able to afford to go to work also. Let me go to Frank in Maritzburg. Frank, good morning to you. Hi, Kathy. Good morning. I wish to discuss unclaimed uh, pension and provident uh, fund surpluses. Is it uh, the right uh, subject with uh, the guy there? I'm not sure, but you, you can give it a try, Frank. Yeah, what happened is that the Supreme Court of Appeal has ruled on uh, November last year that all these uh, money sitting in reserve accounts uh, must now be distributed to known uh, former and current members. Uh, previously, I think uh, that uh, two uh, finance ministers opposed this and uh, the FSCA had some uh, objections on this. And uh, I think Takalani came on the last show when you were on leave. It's, uh, it's, it would be advisable to get her back, Cathy, 
because I've written to them and they uh, responded saying that they will uh, uh, give me a reply in 14 days' time. You see, the unions, Katya, are mm. very silent on, on these unclaimed benefits. Mm, mm. Uh, yes, I remember that being, conversation. Yes, tracing mm. agents are being paid a, co- a commission uh, on this, mm. and the longer they take to trace members, uh, the, they, they, they still continue to, to derive a, a, a benefit. Mm. And uh, there's interest being accrued on these monies. And mm. people are waiting. COVID has have a, had a very bad impact on, on, on uh, former workers and even current workers. People uh, need all the money that they can uh, get. Uh, so I think uh, Takalani would be advisable to come back on your show. And okay. you've done a, a very good job in, in assisting us to... to explore the, uh, these uh, issues. And okay. I must thank you, Cathy. All right. All right, Frank. Thanks for that. But, but, but yeah. uh, as, as, uh, as uh, the, the, uh, the guy there at the moment, as he experienced uh, uh, issues on the unclaimed benefits uh, mm. on surplus mm. uh, apportionment as well, uh, l- l- can l- I l- ask him? Sure, sure. Let me get him to, let me get him to respond to you, Frank, um, yes. in a moment. It's, it's 10.30. Right. Let me I'll, take I'll, news. Yeah, it's ten thirty. Okay. Let me take news headlines. Yeah, Kathy, while you're there, the uh, Frank. Okay, all right. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I need to go to news headlines. Namsam Kuli standing by with news headlines. I'll get Ruben to answer Frank's question. I'll take a couple of voice voice note questions as well. SAFM one hundred four to one hundred seven nationwide. All right, so we'll continue our conversation with Ruben Malek and wrap up shortly. Uh, Ruben, perhaps just that question from Frank about the unclaimed benefits in particular that are sitting in, in different trusts. Yeah, th- thank you, Gates. On the unclaimed benefit, I, I, I can only speak for uh, you know, public servants. Mm. What I know is that the GPF from time to time would make a call to those that uh, have not made any claim, such as funeral benefit, and any other claim benefit, they do pay out. Um, I'm aware of one claim that I've assisted that uh, they've made a claim after almost 15 years, after they were not aware that they should have uh, claimed for funeral benefit. And mm. GPF assisted and made mm. uh, that paid, paid payment. Okay. Frank, are you happy? I must say that the bargaining councils are also complicit in this and that they're jointly handling these funds with the uh, fund administrators. What are we going to do now is that I'm going to uh, get all my co-workers there to go and stand in front of the, the company we used to work for, which has relocated to Yugi in the Eastern Cape, and they've been uh, making improper uses of these funds. Mm-hmm. I've got all the documentation. Okay. Okay, Frank. Maybe thank, what we can you, do. Kathy. Sure. Bye. Thanks for that. Maybe Bye. what we can do is that we can actually link Frank with uh, with Ruben Maleka and see if there's nothing that um, Ruben can can assist with in in particular on that issue. Good morning, Kathy and SAFM family. Uh, just two issues uh, on the Gupta issues. I think they are lucky enough. They will be flown in. Uh, by the new management at SAA. And the GEPF incident in Devon, it's very tra- uh, tragic and it's very bad. You know, I also got a, a, a cousin of mine, his parent has been waiting for more than six months and uh, she's been sent from post to pillar. Uh, I don't know what's happening with this pension fund. I was looking for Brian Hatcher's number. Please, if you can just shout it out again, uh, because maybe he, he could help on this one. Thank you, Katie.
Hey, Kathy and SFM listeners, uh, this is Mark Anton from Pretoria. Kathy, can you quickly just ask Mr. Malika, how do they take care of the unfairly dismissed that is currently awaiting uh, labor court dates for 30 months, 40 months? How do they, the PSA, assist those members? Uh, and uh, also, uh, how do they feel if members finds it now difficult to get jobs because of that unfairly dismissed that they have to state whenever they apply. Thank you, Mark from Pretoria. All right, so let, let's leave it there in, in terms of the questions for uh, Mr. Malika. Ruben, do, do you want to go for it? And maybe you can uh, leave your contact details again. Uh, and this is in particular for the people who've been struggling uh, to get their pension fund payouts from, from government. Yeah, thank you, Katie. I think, uh, as I indicated, um, from our side, I mean, it's part of our social responsibility from the PSA. We will only assist those uh, in the public service. So, because generally, you, you might find that some are talking about the other pension, uh, you know, you know, uh, funds, and we, we don't have contact there. Only those that are in the public service and you know, they need assistance with GPAO or GPF, we can assist, and then. Uh, you've got my contact case, you can share that and then so that we can be able to assist those, uh, you know, frustrated with, you know, prolonged non-payment of the pension payout. All right, Ruben, let's leave it there for this morning. Ruben Maleka there, uh, well, just giving us uh, an update. It sounds like they're still trying to uh, get to the bottom of what is behind the delays when it comes to releasing these funds. Uh, Anonymous in North Riding says, Hi, Kathy. The GEPF and government processes are misaligned. Uh, Department Human Department's human resources, a lack of capacity and as the source of information, make it difficult for the pension fund to process retirement applications. Heads of department have to be held accountable for such gross negligence and non-performance. Thanks for that message there. Um, A friend in Cape Town says, Morning, Kathy. GEPF is sitting with lazy people. I know a friend that worked for 30 years while he was waiting for his payment. Uh, he lost his house uh, after that he passed away without even seeing a saint that he worked for oh what an absolutely devastating story um there from from friend uh, in cape town i imagine also a pseudo name so <laughs> thanks for that message uh, just uh, for those of you that want to know Ruben Malika's contact details are 083-903-6808 that's Oh, no, that's 082. Apologies, actually. 082-903-6808. That's 082-903-6808. And his email address is Ruben, R-E-U-B-E-N, Ruben.Malika, M-A-L-E-K-A, at psa.co.za. Uh, so those are just the contact details uh, for Ruben Malika. You can get in touch with them, especially if you are a government employee or former government employee, and they should be able to help expedite uh, whatever challenges you've been experiencing with accessing those pension funds.